to uh, grab the back of your bulletins as well. Turn there, you'll find some notes. This, this month we're going to be talking about a story that jo- Jesus told uh, about farming. And what we're going to find out is it really had a lot less to do about farming and a lot more to do with life. And that's kind of the, the direction we're going with it. Now, I know that some of you have horses, uh, some of you may even have cows, but I don't think any of us would be considered farmers, right? Anybody a, a legitimate farmer here today? Uh, I didn't think so. We're, we're not really farmers. And so I think that if, if Jesus would have come to earth today, had, had he come today, in this century, in this decade, he probably would have taught with some different stories, some different illustrations. He, he probably would have used things that were more familiar to us. If he would have come to central Jersey, uh, I think Jesus would have talked maybe about uh, politics or education or sports teams or uh, maybe just the traffic on Route 1. I mean, I think Jesus would have talked about those types of things. He would have compared something familiar with something unfamiliar. Whenever Jesus told a parable, and a parable is simply a story with a lesson, his goal was so that people would be able to relate to and understand his point. If you were to go back 2,000 years ago, what you would find is everybody knew pretty much about farming. Everybody knew about fishing, and everybody knew about sheep. Those are things we don't know a lot about today. And in this time when Jesus was speaking, everybody kind of knew those things. Uh, back in Jesus' day, you didn't exactly run to your local grocery store to pick up the supplies for the week. You if you wanted something, you, you typically you had to grow it. And if you didn't, didn't or couldn't grow it, then you wouldn't really have anything to eat. So the, the point is that Jesus would take something that was familiar in order to explain or to help people understand something unfamiliar. That's, that was his goal. He would take common stuff, farming, and he would compare it to stuff that was maybe not so common or maybe not so familiar, things like God. So he would compare farming uh, with God. And people might say, hey, I know how to plant seeds, right? And I, I know how to do these things. I know about putting the seed in the ground, but I don't know anything about putting God in my heart. And, and Jesus was all about helping people understand that. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at the story of when Jesus was walking along and he came to a well and he, he rested there and a woman came out and Jesus had a conversation with her. And, and you remember the, the conversation he goes, you know, basically, what are you coming out here to do? And she's like, I'm coming out here to draw water. Well, why do you do that? Well, because I'm thirsty, right? And he goes, how about if I gave you some water that you would never thirst of again, right? And I would make it to where you wouldn't be thirsty. And she's like, I, I want some of that. Wouldn't we all want some of that? And Jesus takes a need that she had, thirst, and explains, you know, I am what can make you not thirsty anymore. I can feel that desire in your heart that maybe you didn't even realize exists. And Jesus came along to explain things. He, he came along so that people would understand. And, and Jesus talked about this life that he wants us to live, this good life. He called it an abundant life. And it's available to you. It's available to me. It's, it's what we were meant to have. It's the way God intended for us to live. And, and Jesus walked around telling people about this new way, this better way of living. Now, getting people to want a better life is typically not a problem, right? Right? How many of us in here would say, yeah, I'd like a better life, right? I mean, my life's pretty good. I've got it, you know, really pretty good, but would I like it better? Absolutely, right? We would all want it to be just a little bit better, and and that's not the problem. The problem is usually, well, how do you how do you do this? How do how do you get a better life? Or or more importantly, maybe what's keeping us from living this better life? And I think that's what Jesus came to share. So 
if Jesus were to come today, I think he'd talk you know, less about sheep and more about computers or probably your iPhone. I think that's what Jesus would talk about a lot. Um, he would talk about those things, but in reality, he'd be talking about the same stuff. Because the questions people asked back then are the same questions people are asking today, at least the important ones, the big questions. Whether you were herding sheep and sitting on a camel or you sit in front of a computer and drive a car, we all ask basically the same questions, those questions of life. Questions like, now, I, I want to be happy. I have all this stuff and all this good stuff in my life and, and I'm just not happy. Or, I want my life to mean something. Why do I feel like I just the same thing in my life doesn't really matter? I want things in my life to get better. Why don't they? We all ask those questions, don't we? Maybe not exactly like that, but we all struggle with those things. And the reality is that we can learn a lot by looking at farming. We can look uh, at gardening and, and learn a lot of, th- of things. Because what's true about the garden is true about life as well. So if in your life you're not producing the crops, you're not having the harvest that you want to or, or hope to, what should we do? Well, I want to propose that over the next four weeks we're going to look at this. We're going to look at what Jesus has to say about our life and how he compares it to to farming and to gardening. And and what we'll find is as Jesus talks about this garden, this farm, he's really talking about us. He's talking about life. Grab your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 4. Your Bible, your your PDA, whatever you have that has the Bible on it. Mark chapter 4. If you didn't bring a Bible, there should be a blue Bible somewhere close to you that you can grab. It's on page 709. And... uh, Here's the thing, even though we have these Bibles for you and, and we put the, the words on the screen, can I really encourage you to bring your Bible with you so that you can follow along and take notes and, and learn where things are in the Scriptures? And if you don't have a Bible, there's, there's two things I want to propose to you. Number one, take one of those blue Bibles that you just grabbed, all right? Take that with you and, and make that your Bible. Or on the Connect table on your way out, there's some life application Bibles. We would love for you to take one of those with you. and Just our gift to you so you can get into God's Word and and you can read it during the week as well. We, we really want you to do that. And so we, we encourage you to do that. I want to set up this section for you in, in Mark chapter 4. Uh, what we find is Jesus is, is going through, and as he, as he typically does, he goes through and he, he's talking and he's sharing, and he's sharing these words, and people are gathering around Jesus, and they want to hear what he has to say. Well, the crowds are kind of pressing in all around him, so Jesus jumps in a boat, and Jesus you know, rows out from the shore a little bit, and the people come right down to the water's edge, And they're all listening to Jesus speak. And here's what Jesus says, beginning in verse 3 of Mark chapter 4. Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow, but when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants, so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, 60, or even 100 times. Jesus is talking about farming. But as as we talk about this, I want you to keep in mind, there's no big tractors, okay? No big combines, none of this big machinery to, to farm thousands of acres like we can today. Instead... The amount of land that you could turn over with a spade or if you were you know, really wealthy and you had oxen to turn the, the ground, that was what you were able to harvest. That's what you were able to plant. That's what you were able to take care of. And, and the way you planted the seed was you would basically put the seed in a big bag and after you'd done what you're supposed to do to the soil, you would walk through and just scatter it. Okay? 
So we're talking about scattering seed, literally, reach in and scatter the seed, and, and it would fall in different places, and as a result, different things would happen. Jesus said that some of it fell on the hard pathway beside the field. Some fell into a mixture of rock and, and, and uh, soil, and some of it fell into some pretty good soil, but it had other stuff growing in it already, and other of the seed, it fell into really good soil, and it, it grew, and it prepared, and it, because the soil was prepared, and it produced a great crop. In this story, we have one farmer, the same seed, and in different situations and very different results that happen as a result of those different situations. Now, here's the thing. Most of the time, when Jesus told a story, uh, a parable, you know, a, a story with a lesson, most of the time he'd kind of throw it out there and just let it sit. Because oftentimes he'd tell the story and it would be very obvious what he was talking about. And the people would be like, oh yeah, I, I get it. Or other times it was almost vague and Jesus kind of left it hanging there so they would think about it and wrestle with it, or maybe even argue about what Jesus was trying to say. Jesus, a lot of times, didn't explain himself. In this case, we find that he does. We read a little bit later that when Jesus and his disciples and a few others were off by themselves, it's almost as if somebody raised their hand and went, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus, quick question. Um, you're talking about gardening, but what we want to know is, is life. Could you tell us about life? Because we came out here to find out about how to live life. And I know you're talking about row crops and all this other stuff, Jesus. Thanks so much. But I really don't care about farming. I want to know about how to have a better life. And it's almost as if Jesus looks at him and smiles and says, you really want to know? Because if I tell you, you may not like the results of what I'm about to tell you. You may not really like the application. Because what I'm talking about is why your life may be stuck in the situation in which you find yourself. But Jesus goes on to explain, and so here we go. And as, as we go through this parable this morning, there's some terms we need to, need to define, and they're there in your bulletin. I invite you to, to write this down. The first thing is this. The farmer is God, all right? The farmer is God. Just remember, anytime we talk about the farmer, we're really talking about God. The seed that we're talking about is the Word, or truth, the Scriptures. It, it, it's God's Word to us, and so we need to, to just know that. It, it's, it's, it's what God is trying to tell us. The soil is people, or more specifically, it's our heart. It's, it's how, we, uh, how we have our heart ready. And the result, well, the result depends on the soil, okay? The result depends on the soil, and the soil is what? Your heart, okay? And so uh, through this, we see that those things will play out. So just keep that in mind as we go through. If you jump down to verse 14 of Mark chapter 4, Jesus starts in his explanation of what's going on. In Mark chapter 4, verse 14, it says, the farmer sows the word. So right off the bat, Jesus is, explains, I'm not really talking about farming, okay? What I'm really talking about is something else. I'm talking about life. And Jesus tells us that God, the farmer, is sowing or planting or, or spreading the seed, which is God's word, which is the truth, into our lives, into the soil, into our hearts, and it's falling on different surfaces in, in different places. God sows a truth, uh, a truth like, this is a better way to live your life. And Jesus did that often. He said, you know what, this is how you should live your life. This is the way that, that I've called you to live. And, and that truth is scattered out there to the people. And it's, God hopes that it will take root in your life. The question that we have to ask ourselves today is, is, how does God spread that truth to us today? How is the farmer, how is God spreading his seed and spreading that truth? Well, I think he does it in, in lots of different ways. This morning may be one example and one way for you. It is my job to teach the truth, to, to take God's word and to cast it out there and to spread it out there and, and to see where it falls on, 
on good soil. It, that's the desire. Um, you may be reading your Bible throughout the week, and hopefully you are, and as you read through it, you, you see that, that God says something to you, and you go, wow, I, I didn't realize that, or I didn't know that, and that's communicated truth. That's, that's the truth taking root inside of you. Sometimes it's not in church. It's not even through reading the Bible. Sometimes, and I know that you've probably experienced this, God communicates truth to you in other ways. Maybe it's a circumstance in life, and as, as things start to go through, you go like, okay, God's trying to tell me something here, right? And we see God's hand at work in different things. Or maybe it's people that come in and talk to us. And, and all of our friends, unsolicited, are all telling us the same thing. And, and finally we realize, oh, maybe God's trying to tell me something. You ever been there? God tries to communicate his truth to us in, in lots of different ways. And it's probably a combination of all those things where God speaks his truth into our life. I'm sure that you know people who ignore God's truth. People who, who seem to make the same bad choices again and again and again, even though you, you try to, to help them and, and you try to tell them the truth and they just ignore it and they just keep going down that same path. Mark chapter 4, the next verse, verse 15, Jesus continues, he says, Some people are like seeds along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. And, and basically what he's saying is that this truth that's being spread is not getting through. It's, it's like taking seed and throwing it down on the, on the sidewalk or out in the middle of, of the freeway. It's just not going to grow. Why? Well, because it's, it's hard. It's ineffective because the surface or our heart is hard. It's not given a chance. And it's not because the seed is bad. It's not because it's not truth. It's because the, the soil, our heart, it's not ready. It, it's... It's hard. And we see that play out in our lives sometimes, don't we? God tries to teach us something new in some area of our life that is true, and we kind of just refuse to allow it to grow. God says, here's a better way to live your life, and, and we don't give it a chance to grow. We, we kind of reject it. We become hard, and we don't let it in. It's like a seed that's thrown down on concrete. It's interesting to me, though, that we're not hardened to all truth. It's not like our heart is completely hard to what God has to say to us or what other people have to say to us. I'm open to some truth, and I would venture to say that you are as well. That's, that's my premise. I think that you are as well. You know what truth that I'm open to? Truth I already believe. Truth I'm already practicing. Whenever I get the opportunity to go to a church and, and I get to hear someone else speak and, and they preach on something that, that I'm okay with, right, that I'm doing, and I, I walk I feel pretty good about myself. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty good here, right, don't you? So we're good with that truth that, that we already are doing. I like that kind of truth. I would guess you do too. Another kind of truth that I'm open to, and I would venture to say you are as well, is, is a truth that applies to other people. I like that kind of truth. You, uh, you're sitting there in the service maybe today, and you're, you're thinking about the person next to you, and like, yeah. Boy, I sure am glad they're here to hear that today. They really need it. Keep preaching, Craig. Keep preaching. And you're like, yeah, that's right. They need to hear it. Or, or you look across the room and go, I'm really glad that person's here today. Or, or you say you know, something maybe in your own mind like, oh, I wish my coworker were here because they really need to hear this. They really need to. And it's probably true. They do need to hear it. And that's why it's important that we invite people to, to come and to hear the truth of God's word. But my point is this. Whenever a truth applies to other people, we're really pretty good with that. If we're struggling financially, we love to hear it when the preacher gets up and tells people who have money that they're supposed to be generous and help people and, and help others who are in need. And if you have money, then you're really glad that, that whenever we talk about giving money, that there's no law in the New Testament that says you have to give 10%. We're like, okay, that's good. I just want to make sure, right? We're good with truth that, 
applies to other people. We're, we're good with truth that, that really fits where we are. As sinners, which all of us, we're really good with hearing the message about forgiveness. And yet sometimes we bristle whenever we read that God desires for us to obey Him as well. If you're hurting, you love to hear the truth about God, how He's always with us, like we talked about a few weeks ago. If you're addicted to something, you love hearing the truth that you can have a new start, that you're a new creation. If you've really done some dumb things and caused your life to go sideways, then you love to hear that the truth of the, of the fact that there's no condemnation in Christ. When God sends those types of truth into my life, I, I eat that up, and I love it, and I want more. And I think that's okay because that's truth. It, it's still truth, and we can receive that and accept it, but that's really not what Jesus is talking about here. What Jesus is talking about is the truth that He sows and it hits those hard parts in our life. Those, those hard parts in our hearts. The hard soil. When God sends a truth your direction that says, this is what works best for your marriage. And then we look at our marriage and we realize that our marriage looks nothing like that. And we go, well, something's got to give. Either God or us. And my guess is that God's right and we're not. We, we look at the Scriptures and we bump up against the truth that, that every conversion account this side of the cross includes the person being obedient in baptism through immersion. immersion and, and we don't want to do that. And so we bump up against that. And I think we need to wrestle with that. We need to really look at that. Young people, and I know there's some over here, but you know, God has told you, and yeah, not, not you, Chris. Um, God has told you that uh, we're to obey our parents, Right? And you especially should obey your mom since next Sunday is Mother's Day, okay? Just keep that in mind. But we're to obey our parents, and yet oftentimes we bump up against that. We're like, but if God only knew my parents, He would say, except for you, right? I'm the exception to the rule. God sends truth our way that says we're to be sexually pure with our thoughts and our actions and how we dress and what we look at. And when we hear that truth, we think, but it's 2011, come on. God doesn't expect me to, to wait till I get married, right? He doesn't expect me to dress my... He doesn't expect me not to check her out. Come on, I'm only human. There's all types of scenarios and different things, and I could go on and on and on. And the point of the matter is this. That truth hits us, and we already know that it's true. We know exactly what this parable is about. God is spreading seed in our life, and it hits those hard places. And, and what are we going to do with it? A lot of times, you know what we do with it? We say, you know what, God? I know that's what you say, but I disagree. I just don't think that applies to me. Jesus is talking about this type of seed that, that hits the path, that hits our hard hearts. God has shared truth, and our response to this point in our life has been, no. God, I know what your word says, but no. I know what you want me to do. No. God, I know you want me to stop doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. God, I know you want me to forgive her. I know you want me to treat him differently, but, but I'm just not going to do it. God, I know that your word tells me to keep trying and to hang in there and, and to trust in you, but just not going to do it anymore. I, I quit. It's too hard. I'm going to give up. Jesus is talking about what in this parable? He's talking about farming. But he's really talking about life. He's talking about those parts in our life that we look at and we go, we ask the question, why do I keep ending up with the same results? Why do I keep ending up in the same place? Why do I keep making the same mistakes? Why is my life not producing the crop, having the results that I desire for my life, that God desires for me? 
Why does my life never seem to change? And I think that Jesus might say that the reason our lives often don't change is that because when God sends a truth our way, a hard truth that we don't want to hear, our response is no. And we don't like to say it that way. We don't like to say that we tell God no. Instead, we justify it and we rationalize it and we explain it away. But the reality is we tell God no and we sweep it away and we shut out the voice of God that that He's trying to speak to us through the Holy Spirit and, and we just kind of ignore it. We push it away and push it aside. That might be one reason. The reality is we all go through this. If you think I'm just talking to you, no, I'm talking to all of us. I'm talking to me. We all go through this at some point or another. I'm convinced that you cannot come to this church or, or read the Scriptures and not have the truth of the Bible, the truth of God's Word, just bump up against your life at some point to make you feel just a, a little bit uncomfortable. And when that happens, at least in my experience, whenever I proclaim a, a truth from God's Word that bumps up against someone else's comfort zone, you know what happens? They get upset. And when they get upset, a couple things usually happen. They either get up and leave, or they start sending me emails. Okay? And it's a, it's a way to try to say, hey, no, no, you're wrong, Craig. And I'm like, you know what? I wish I was wrong. But God said this, not me. If it were up to me, I'd probably really w- want to change it. But it's not up to me. Sometimes people leave the church, or they leave other churches whenever they feel uncomfortable there. We're not the only ones that make people feel uncomfortable, but they'll go to a church, they'll find a church that they can go and be comfortable and not be challenged, because when it comes to the Word of God, I'm convinced at some point you will be offended. I've told you before, there are things in the Scriptures that I really wish I could take out, because then I think it would make my life easier, and I would feel better about myself if we could just do that. But But we cannot and we will not because the Word of God is uncomfortable at times for a reason. It's uncomfortable for us because we need it to be uncomfortable in our lives sometimes. 2,000 years ago, a guy by the name of Paul said that there's a time coming when churches will forget that the Bible is uncomfortable, that it's here to challenge us to think, to challenge us to change, to wrestle and to grow. And Paul is about ready to be executed for preaching this uncomfortable gospel. He's He's about to be executed, and he's talking to a guy, and he writes a letter to uh, a guy that he's been mentoring named Timothy. And he writes to Timothy, and he says this. He says, after I'm gone, don't forget this. 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning in verse 2. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time is coming, will come, when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead... To suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. So understand, please, if you come here for any length of time, odds are you're going to be uncomfortable. And I can tell you this, we're not going to single anybody out, okay? We're not going to get on in our little soapbox or little high horse and and try to do it on purpose. We're going to be patient. We're going to be loving. We're going to be careful. We're never going to be mean with this. But the truth is going to hurt at some point. If if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, and if we're handling the word of truth correctly, then at some point, each and every one of us are going to bump up against the truth of God's word. And it's it's going to happen in our life, and it's going to make us feel uncomfortable. But that's how growth happens. That's what God wants us to experience. Jesus is saying that in this parable that the farmer, that God, He sows the seed. He sows the truth. And some of it lands on hard soil. Some of it lands on our hard hearts. 
And as a result, it just kind of sits there. Because we will not allow it to break through. It has no effect. It makes no change. And we experience no growth. So as we wrap up this morning with that whole thought and concept, I want to ask you two questions. I'm on the back of your bulletin, and I invite you to fill in the blanks and to ask yourself these questions. Are you looking for God's truth in your life? Are you looking for God's truth in your life? And by your life, I don't just mean your salvation, okay? Move beyond that for just a moment and ask yourself, are you looking for God's truth in the everyday parts of your life? You see, we all have decisions to make, and we have to be willing to allow God to speak to us in those decisions and in those choices. The question is, do we, are we willing to let God into our love life or our lack of love life? Are you willing to hear the truth about what God thinks about how you treat your body? Are you willing to hear the truth about what God says about your marriage? Parents, are you open to the idea that maybe there's a possibility that God's Word tells you that there's a different way to raise your children or to relate to your adult children? Children, are you open to the truth that God's Word says about how you honor your parents or how you don't honor your parents? Are we open to that kind of truth? Are we open to what God might have to say about our career or about our money or about how we see ourselves? Are we open to the truth of God's Word about how we're to treat other people, how we're to treat our our family, how we're to treat our friends? Are, Are we open to that? Are we open to what God has to say about the everyday decisions we make in our life? Or are we looking for God's truth in our life? Second question is this. Are you open to that truth being different than you thought? To me, that's a tougher question. Are you open to that truth being different than you thought? We're we're open to truth, but are we open to truth that bumps up against us? Are you open to truth that's that's different than you thought it was or hoped it was or, or even needed it to be or wanted it to be? Because how you answer that question about whether or not you're open to being different really will depend on your heart and whether or not you have good soil or whether you have pavement in your heart. God is trying to to sow seed in your life and the question is what kind of crop will be produced? And here's the thing. No matter how hard your heart is in a different area, it only takes a, a little bit of space for a seed to get in there. You have to be willing to open it up, to crack it open just a little bit. As a kid, we would go to uh, Colorado on vacation, and one of the things that, that I always marveled at were these huge rocks. And if you've ever been to the Rocky Mountains, you know what I'm talking about. You've got these huge rocks, and out of the center of a rock, a solid rock, is this pine tree that's growing. And as I was thinking about this, it related back, how does that happen? Well, it happens because a seed gets in a little crack that's in there, and it causes a root to grow, and it finds good soil, and it taps into a water source, and it grows. It pushes down, and it pushes up, and it grows because it was able to get in. And can I tell you that no matter how hard your heart is in a different area, that if you are willing to open it up, God's seed, God's truth can penetrate and begin to grow if you will allow it to do so. What part of your life is covered in concrete? What part of your heart maybe is as hard as stone? What part are you not willing to open up to the truth of God's Word, to the possibility of the truth of God? Would you be willing to start today that process of taking that hard soil, your hard heart, and turning it into good soil that can produce a crop 60, 100-fold? Are you willing to do that? Maybe today 
In order to start doing that, you need to turn your life over to Jesus and accept Him as your Lord and Savior. That's the first thing you need to do. You need to be open to His truth on what He has to say about your life and your relationship with Him. Maybe today you need to accept and be obedient to Him. Maybe you just need to to say, I've been putting things off long enough. It's time for me to get it right with God, and and I need to obey Him. Maybe you need to talk to someone, and maybe that's what's going to open up your heart and allow your heart to not be hard and allow God's truth to penetrate into your life. We want to invite you to respond to God and to respond to His truth and to open up your heart to receive Him. If you want to talk to somebody about what's going on in your life, if you have a prayer request, if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, we invite you to do that this morning. I invite you to stand with me. Ian's going to lead us. You make your way over to the cross. We will meet you there. We'll rejoice with you. We'll share truth with you. And we'll help you turn your heart into good soil. Stand with me. Let's sing.